Hello and welcome to the Activist Podcast, brought to you by Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals. I'm your host, Gareth Skur, and I'll also be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have Greg Goody and Tony Fryer, founders of Broom Animal Sanctuary. In the interview, Greg and Tony shared the realities of running a sanctuary and establishing a sustainable model. A must-see episode for anybody who dreams of one day running their own haven for the animals. We hope you learn as much as we did from this episode and be sure to check out our social media pages at VeganFTA on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube where you can also find the series in video format. Greg, it is such a pleasure to have you with us today. I have to admit, I don't know if you've seen me on Facebook, but I, I feel like a serial like a stalker type person <laughs> because I'm, I'm forever just loving all your content, you know, and as full-time activists, we see and hear and, and interact with a lot of emotionally triggering you know, horrible content on our social media. And, and so it's, it's been such a blessing to come across you both. And every time that we uh, we have a hard day, you know, we're, or we, we just, there's there's a lot of negative stuff going on that we've been faced with during the day. You know, we know that we can always go to the Broom Animal Sanctuary page and it just makes the world a better place, doesn't it? You know, we, we can see what the world can become, which is this, this wonderful place of love and compassion and a safe haven for the animals. So we can't wait to talk more about the wonderful sanctuary and, um, and the residents because, you know, we're very familiar with those and look forward to introducing them to the viewers. But first, we would love to know more about you guys as the caring souls who created it. So um, having made the break from New Jersey to start a quieter life, that was the plan. Um, it wasn't long before Wattles, who we'll talk about soon, ended up um, founding Broom Sanctuary, um, assisted by yourselves, of course. So when moving to the country, was veganism actually a, a part of your lives already then? Or was it something that kind of blossomed once you were in a different place somewhere that you could really connect with the animals? Well, that actually came later. Um, we, we owned a restaurant in Jersey City at the time, and Greg wanted us to have a place to get away for the weekends, but be close enough that we could get back in case of an emergency. So um, we found this is perfect for what he wanted. And um, so Greg, he, he has a full-time job and he can, has to work away sometimes. And this was the perfect place for him. So I thought I'll give him a, a little pig name that waddles. And um, I guess as we got him in. We got, we got him. So he's, he, we saw a picture of waddles from our contractor in um, May, and I had already decided that I was just going to live here and work from here rather than commute back and forth uh, just to be here. Uh, it's easier for me with the computer job. So our contractor showed us a picture of his, you know, his farm, and he had a litter of pigs, and one had spots all over it. And I was just like, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I, I didn't know anything about pigs or anything at that point. Um, and that's all I said. We were we were just at this guy's uh, how uh, his bar, I think, and he showed us this picture. And then um, his birthday was coming up in June, so I thought well, I'll get him waddles for his birthday. So that's what we did, and he immediately became vegan, a uh, vegetarian. Um, I didn't become vegetarian until November, but at that point, I actually thought vegan and vegetarian was the same thing. So I thought we were doing a good thing. Um, so we were approached uh, by a group in Hoboken that does animal rescue or they do um, 
uh, lots of lecturing about veganism and um, the, the environment. And they said, well, why don't you become vegan? And I thought we were basically. And uh, so when, once they explained to me what the difference was, the atrocities, factory farming and the dairy industry, I thought, no way, you know, humans aren't that cruel. There's, there's no way these people are crazy. So um, Greg did some research and he started showing me videos and stuff. And at that point, that's when we decided that's it. We can't, we can't be a part of the problem anymore. That's when we decided to become vegan. I mean, we were disconnected just like, you know, most, most everyone is. No, no one knows. Even owning a restaurant where we sold meat products, animal products, you know, the vendors brought them to us. That's as much as we gave it a thought until, you know, we met Waddles and we, we, we actually first got some chickens just so we could have eggs from our chickens. And then obviously that stopped. Now we feed the eggs back to our chickens. Um, but it, it was a process, uh, a pretty short process for us, but we were just disconnected like everyone else. We, we actually um, made the restaurant in January that year um, vegetarian and it did really well. But once we learned about veganism, we thought we're going to make it vegan now. And uh, we committed to giving it six months. And if it didn't work, we were going to close it up and, or sell it. And uh, at that time, I guess they just weren't ready for veganism down there. So we wound up closing up the restaurant, selling it. We kept our commitment. And this is what we'll be doing for the rest of our lives to redeem ourselves for the part that we played in, in the atrocities. Oh, it's such a fantastic story. It's so well. I always love hearing everyone's stories, but yours is, yeah, it's really different. And it just goes to show that those outreach groups, they really do work. Yes, they do. Yeah. And, and getting a pet pig helps too. <laughs> <That must laughs> a big it's going to be a big pet pig, but <laughs> what an amazing birthday present. It's my birthday in December. I'm just, just letting you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must've been such a learning curve though, uh, taking on wattles. Cause I've heard that there is um, a lot to learn about uh, caring for pigs. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, thank goodness for Google because even, even where we moved to, we barely have connected. We had barely had connectivity here. Um, we were on a DSL line, so we barely got anything. We don't have cell service, but anytime Waddles would cough, I'd, I'd run inside and Google, you know, why is my pig coughing? What's doing? When we, and when we got him, he was, you know, 20 pounds. Uh, now he's 790. Yeah. Um, we knew he was going to be big. It, it's not one of the cases where we thought he was going to be a, you know, teacup pig. Greg would let him lay on him when he, when he was a baby and, uh, he would get pictures of Waddles laying across his chest, and I, was, I wasn't living here at the time. I was still in Jersey City, so I would see a picture every – I would see him getting bigger and bigger, and I would just see him getting bigger and bigger. I said, you got to stop letting him lay on you. I'm going to come home one day, and you're going to be crushed to death by Waddles. They grow fast. <laughs> oh so cool it's, it's really neat you know you, you guys have got got several pigs which we'll uh, we'll talk about but um you know when we were visiting animal sanctuaries here in new zealand we were really surprised that you know a lot of problems that people have a lot of reasons that pigs end up at, at animal sanctuaries is because they actually get loved too much you know people don't know what to feed them and so they just feed them everything they feed them cakes and all the pies and all the pastries and all of that thing sure. that you know we, we're raised to think that that's what pigs love and that's what they need and 
you end up with these massively overweight pigs that that can't see and you know yeah. it's 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 really interesting so it's, it's obviously yeah a lot more to um now you know at least if your pig coughs if, if anyone's out there with a pig and it coughs <laughs> you can google that <laughs> yeah you can google it you can go and that goes for every species you know google is a is a lifesaver sometimes so yeah definitely i bet so um, a key aspect of the sanctuary's mission is to raise awareness of the plight of farmed animals and to encourage people to choose compassion. Having spoken with many sanctuaries um, over these last couple of years, a familiar concept comes up um, about, uh, about this issue, and that's having the animals being the ambassadors. And obviously Wattles was your ambassador towards veganism. Um, do you find this is true to... Um, true to broom animal sanctuary in fact that your animals are the ambassadors out there i feel like uh, jones's story in particular how he escaped from a slaughterhouse truck might be quite um relevant to this sure and that's that's actually really current um this past weekend i was out just doing yard work along the fence line and an older couple stopped by uh and said you know they had actually come to our vegan festival the year before um, but they asked what new, what recent residents we had, and, and I told them a little bit about Jones. And I said that, um, you know, Jones came from the southern states, and he was on his way to there. And uh, he jumped off the truck, uh, and someone rescued him. We actually had two other pigs coming up from North Carolina at the same time, so he found his way to them. They always find them way to them from someone um so when he got here you know he had road rash all over him he, he was a tiny little guy he's getting bigger by the day um but this couple after i told them about you know all of these different animals uh the the gentleman when he was driving away he said you know we're interested in volunteer opportunities we live in catskill which is a half an hour away um he's like the the story about jones the pig that jumped off the truck really got me in the heart so definitely jones is a new one um a lot of the different stories like we we have a a large farm pig named peaches uh that we got three years ago and but peaches was a piglet at the time and she's from new hampshire and uh, it was a, a little kid won her at a pig chase contest but he didn't realize you know what once you catch the pig what eventually happens to it so um, he was he was raising the pig, and then once it became obvious what was supposed to happen, he he kind of made the connection and just had a meltdown, and that actually kicked off um, a network of people trying to find a home for uh, peaches. So they're from New Hampshire. They reached out to a friend in Manhattan who reached out to a friend up here in Middleburg that happened to know about us. And uh, we, everybody was working together and we were able to save her. So now this little kid, every now and again, you know, we send pictures to him. He wants to know how the pig's doing. So uh, that helped him make the connection. And um, that's, she's really touched a lot of people. Basically, you know, the last year especially has been hard because we haven't been able to do tours. Uh, we haven't had volunteers, but we try to, you know, any animal that's out, we try to at least, tell a little bit about where they came from and almost all, I mean, all of them have inspiring stories. So, you know, it's, it's a few that obviously we can't spotlight every animal every day. Um, so, you know, 
Jones, Joseph, Otis, some get more airplay than others uh, because of their situations. But yeah, definitely, definitely we have certain ambassadors. That's fantastic. We'll have to, um, future Gareth, when he's editing this, we'll have to bring up the about page on your website because you can see all the uh, short descriptions there about some of their stories. And it's just fantastic to go into. And also for our audience here, if you've got a family member, maybe have a look through the about one and pick out who might resonate with your friends and family because there's just, yeah, as you say, so many ambassadors there. Yeah, definitely. And we, we are still adding to that daily because it's slow work adding every story, but but we, we do have a lot of them on there already. That's awesome. It is, you know, what's what what makes it so special, isn't it? Like you say, you know, we they've all got their own stories. And you know, you've really grown because what started out as a three-acre plot has grown with the acquisition of a neighboring 16-acre plot um, in the wake of Hurricane Irene. And you've got around 120 animals now who range from a multitude of species. And um, you know, we understand the majority do come to you from farms or zoos or um we're interested to, to hear also about from um animal hoarding situations and you know that that's been a new thing to me you know and, until we started sort of going around to, to animal sanctuaries ourselves we didn't think that there was such a thing as you know hoarding um how can you have too many animals how can you rescue too many animals you know we've obviously realized that well there are many reasons in many many uh what am i thinking of um many instances of things things that re repercussions <laughs> many repercussions that come from having you know trying to rescue too many animals when, when you don't have the the room or the the resources and, and so on so um yeah what are your thoughts on this would you mind sharing with our audience um you know because you guys seem to have things pretty sussed <laughs> well uh, that that's how we've come up with quite a few of our residents uh there was a sanctuary that got shut down in Pennsylvania, and in one shop, we took in almost thirty, about thirty animals. He he went down yeah. for a couple um, birds, <laughs> and came back with a trail uh, with uh, five pigs. One was eighteen years old, but they they had three days to move four hundred animals, I think. So he brought back thirty, you know, ranging from ducks to pigs. Yeah, they called on a Friday. And they had to be gone by Sunday. At, at four o'clock in the afternoon, and it's a 14 hour drive. So I had to hook up the trailer, shoot over there, and we didn't know what was going to happen once I got there. But uh, we, all, we take in animals from um, some of the counties. Uh, they'll confiscate animals from bad situations, um, and they don't know what they're doing. So they reach out to us. Um, and then there, just recently, we took in four goats from the New York State. They, from a lead testing program, uh, they're they're seven years old, and they have they have been in there since they were babies, where they were testing, you know, doing lead research on goats. Um, they're they're beautiful large goats, <laughs> and, and but they we we have no relationship with uh, the agencies or anything. We get no funding or anything. We you know we just do this on our own because you know you don't know what's going to happen to the animals. They but we, we're thankful for the. In these agencies, there are some compassionate people yeah. that do reach out to the sanctuaries and try and find them homes. Well, we've heard stories of people uh, having their partner turn up home with an animal, but why, 30 in 30. one go, like, 
I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> but it gets surprising sometimes. <laughs> he does a lot of the on-hand rescue work, and I don't know about a lot of it until I see it. So, <laughs> oh, wow. which is fine. It's, it's wonderful. Fun. So glad you do. <laughs> so, um, yeah. One issue um, on that sort of topic that we see all too often with sanctuaries is owners and operators being pressured and guilted into taking on animals, and especially in these cases, leading them to become overburdened or overcapacity. As compassionate beings, of course, we all want to save every animal that we can, but sometimes we're just not in a situation to do so. Um, is this an issue that you guys face quite a bit with, you know, taking on so many animals? And do you have any advice to other sanctuary operators, you know, when facing that sort of the guilt trip that some people might put upon you? Well, I guess the hardest thing to do as a sanctuary is having to say goodbye to an animal that's passed away. But the, the second hardest thing to do is to have to say, no, I can't take an animal. And we're, we are at capacity right now, but we don't just say, no, we can't take an animal. We have a great network that we reach out and we move heaven and earth to try and help find uh, a home for animals. Uh, just this week alone, we, we got three that we were able to get placed. And it, we have several pigs throughout the country, other sanctuary that we sponsor that he doesn't quite know about. But, it's, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, you, you, you just don't want to make a bad situation worse. You, just, you know, sometimes you just have to say no, but you do whatever you can. We, we formed a great network with some great sanctuaries all up and down the east coast of the country. And even if they're not sanctuaries, it's people that transport. Yes. Uh, you know, people from Kansas, Iowa, Iowa, will come all the way out here to pick up a pig and bring it somewhere. They're um, the ones who picked up uh, Jones from uh, and, and brought Jones and the Tennessee pigs up for us. Um, and they've driven pigs from all the way from Iowa for us. As, as far as the guilt uh, that people try to lay on us, I have a, it, it, it makes me angry, <laughs> like really angry because it's an everyday occurrence. If you don't take this rooster, we're going to have to slaughter it. If you don't take this pig, we're going to have to kill it. It's a family pet. We've had it since it was born. If it doesn't go to you, we have no other choice but to kill it. It's it's frustrating and it's angering uh, to me. I he he handles it in a better way than I can because you know a woman a few years ago drove up with a rooster in a box and she handed it to me and she said, um, "Well, I don't know what to do with this rooster. Uh, it, it's." it's a sweet little it was a little tiny silky rooster she's like it's a sweet sweet little rooster but you know i have too many roosters so if you don't take it i'm just going to leave it beside on the side of the road in this box and i'm like first of all i can see your name and address on the box and so that's where my mind goes immediately obviously we took the rooster in which we we can't take in any more roosters we have you know 25 and roosters don't get along uh but that's it's an it's an everyday occurrence that we get emails, calls, uh, voicemails. Uh, we do the best we can getting back with people, but you know it it is an everyday occurrence that people try to guilt you into taking, and it's not their fault, but they they want it to be our fault, and it's frustrating. You just you just gotta realize you don't want to make a bad situation worse. Yeah, we we can't take them. so that's so that's how where you have to look at the guilt is. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to become that sanctuary where you're going to have to get closed down because you can't handle it anymore. So that, that's, that's how I look at it. 
yeah some fantastic uh, advice and insight there you know especially about forming that network and then yeah trying to yeah i can't imagine how hard it is for so many people they're like oh i'd love to open a sanctuary one of these days and they don't understand that there's that yeah, element to it realities and i guess those so, people that try and guilt you into things they, pro they probably don't realize that like you say you're dealing with this every day they don't realize they're just one of many they're kind of like oh it's just a little rooster what's one more you exactly. know and that's it that people don't know that especially this time of the year when certain stores are selling you know chickens and everyone wants backyard chickens one of them's going to turn up to be a rooster and they can't have roosters where they are they don't want a rooster and there you go yeah there it goes indeed so um yeah no that's that's really interesting thank you I um I love you know I've just made me chuckle there at the, the start of where we were, we were talking about that point and you know some people have uh, credit cards that they hide from one another and Tony has secret <laughs> pigs you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, love I love it yeah it's better that way yeah we've been together thirty years this year so we know what to how to separate pigs. <laughs> So palliative care is something that is most commonly associated with humans. Often if a non-human animal is born without the means to function normally, as it were, uh, they're not given that chance to live. It's something at Broom Animal Sanctuary that, you know, really made me fall in love with your work was how you've taken on so many animals in, in need of this form of care. Um, one case in particular is Teddy. His story absolutely broke my heart. Um, but following along with it as it progressed, you know, it just made me fall in love with the work that you do there, seeing just how you cared so much for him and made his short time on this earth, like, just so special. It, it just, it really got me at the heart. So as a sanctuary, it seems heartbreak is part of this job, you know. How do you deal with this when it occurs? There's, it doesn't get any easier whatsoever. And, you know, there's, and there's days we can't talk about it to our each other to other people which is hard because people want to know right away and when your heart's broken you can't talk right away but we we do the best we can you know with teddy he he was a special little guy um um we had rescued a dairy a milk dairy cow um about three or four years ago goofy and this person who transported goofy for us was visiting a, a friend who has uh, a dairy farm and she saw Teddy and um, the guy didn't know what he was going to do with Teddy and um, she reached out to us to know if we would be willing to take him and we were able to arrange it to get him to Cornell and we we knew from the start that there was a real good possibility that Teddy wasn't going to make it and but we were able to uh we got a bunch of people that were, we did what we called a lot of people. Uh, they Teddy sat, they would come over and sit during that, the day with Teddy and a lot of friendships were, were formed over that. And uh, it goes back to one of the animals that was a goodwill ambassador. That would be Teddy. And uh, it's, you know, they would, they would sit here with him for hours and just stretch his legs because, you know, his legs were um, constricted. constricted. So they would constrict his legs. He had, other issues that we weren't aware about, um, which was his downfall, like seizures and stuff as well. But they would just sit with him for, you know, six hours a day and stretch his legs and help him try to stand and put him in his ball pit. Um, a lot of people came out and did that. Yeah, yeah, you, you, 
you know, you want to give them every chance they can. Um, and like I said, we we knew there was a real good possibility that he wouldn't make it, but we were willing to, to give it every chance. Just uh, again, that goes back to redeeming ourselves <laughs> for, for what we've done. Stop the podcast. We would like to take a moment to give a shout out to all of our supporters and let you know how you can be involved in creating Vegan FTA's animal rights content. Vegan FTA is a non-profit organization that relies on good folks like yourself to help us create the advocacy message the animals deserve. By supporting us on Patreon, you can play a vital role in supporting the spread of the animals message and more importantly, bring solutions and strategies for liberation to activists and advocates around the world. Join us for the animals at www.patreon.com forward slash vegan FTA. Now back to the podcast. Definitely. You know, that was, that was a really special, you know, journey. Like you say, we watched it as well. And yeah, the, the ball pit, like everything that you do, you just, that's what we love about you guys. You just go the extra mile, you do whatever you have to do. And it's great that you've got so much support there. And, you know, obviously a, a really good relationship with, uh, with Cornell as well, when you need them. And, um, yeah. A, well, a core problem which plagues sanctuaries globally from, from what we can make out, and I'm sure is, is probably the case, is those ongoing vet costs, you know, there's just the never ending. And um, often this issue can become the breaking point for, for smaller sanctuaries. And I think funding is something that comes up pretty much in every other episode in this series and is something that people always need advice on so um having previously been in the the hospitality industry as you say with um with your ninth and coles tavern you've now got still this hospitality element at the sanctuary with bottles in which i just love this when i found out about it so can you tell our viewers about this um, feature and and the benefits of uh opening up the sanctuary this way well it it gets it gives us a chance of, um, for people to come up and stay and actually go see the sanctuary, meet the animals. Um, we have a lot of friends and supporters that come up from uh, Manhattan, and it's uh, about that's it's about two and a half hours south of here. And it's and it's also great to um, house um, volunteers who drive um, hours and want to stay over and to, to help. So uh, it, it is a great feature. It, it it gives a, the sanctuary a lot of exposure. It lets people come out and spend time with the animals. Uh, and it does bring in a little bit of income uh, for, for the sanctuary. We actually have two. There's one in town called Waddles in the Middle because it's in the town of Middleburg. So it's Waddles in the Middle. And uh, fortunately, that one we kept open during the pandemic because it's separate apartments where Waddles in uh, has shared space. So we had to close it for you know COVID-19. Yeah, the, the pandemic actually, you know, we, we most of us realized it was good for the environment. It's uh, it, with humans not being around much, the, the air quality is better, the water quality is better. Uh, in December, we actually rescued a, a dog that someone had dumped up on the mountains behind us. And um, he's not quite uh, dog friend, uh, animal friendly mm-hmm. yet. So I've actually moved to Waddles Inn with the dog, trying to get him used to the animals. <laughs> It's so, just two doors down. It's just two <laughs> doors down. So, so that was another good feature of that. It was I was able to go there and stay with the dog. <laughs> Wonderful. That's cool. Yes, I remember the dog now. Yes, yeah. I was here yeah, in December. Max. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Max. He's uh, he actually posted pictures today of him out with him with the pigs, trying to get him used more used to pigs. So 
eventually we can all be reunited oh that's awesome it's yeah I, I love you know how you guys just do what you got to do and um and think outside the square so much you know like how many how many sanctuaries would think to do that to, to you know bring in another income the way that, that you guys have I think it's awesome yeah, I must say as well if we ever find our way over to the states at some stage I would be he said this so many times yeah. this is where we're going <laughs> where you're where gonna we're be going. stuck with us because <laughs> I, I want to give you a lot of cuddle <laughs> Oh, you're, you're very welcome to. Yeah, you would love it. So, um, to veganize an old saying, though, um, don't put all your berries in one bowl. Um, something key to any business or organization success is to, uh, to diversify and adapt, you know, your income streams. And sadly, this has became especially true uh, in the hospitality industry during 2020, as, as you've said, you know. Um, alongside Wattles in, each month you do... And Wattles in the middle. And Wattles in the middle. <laughs> um, you do a uh, online auction to raise funds by selling off your worldly belongings. Um, and also you have an Amazon wish list. And so that's so donors can buy certain items for the animals and, yeah, uh, directly get things for them. Both of these are fantastic fundraising initiatives. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yes. Um, well, we're a, we're a nonprofit organization. We're a 501c3 so um, we have a, our, our auction group that has about 700 people in it right now. Um, so when they, a lot of them will donate items also for us to auction off. But when they win an item, it's almost like making a donation. So uh, it's a tax write-off for them. So it's, it's, it encourages a lot of people to participate. And they get nice stuff. And they get nice stuff. <laughs> um, Greg, uh, we have peach trees, apple trees. We have maple trees. And... Um, Greg makes a lot of the preserves and the maple syrup and stuff, and we'll auction that that off. And those bring in a lot of money. People just go crazy over that stuff. Homemade maple syrup does well for us in our auctions. <laughs> um, Amazon actually has turned out huge for us, both in um, using Smile, Amazon Smile, uh, which we're we're getting a few hundred dollars a quarter now, which buys a lot of heat for the animals. Our Amazon wish list um, in about the last month has gone crazy. You know, we have we've had a lot of medical needs recently, so um, supplements like biotin and some of the pig sprays and uh, even Pedialyte nutrients. And then, then things we need like bungee cords and tarps that people don't think about that, that you know, get just, we have rough winters here, um, you know, feet of snow that our tarps are torn, things are torn. So all of this helps and uh, we try to keep the, them updated, but it's stuff we always need. And I'm always, the mailman doesn't like us too much some days, but they actually sent a separate, he sent his son last week in a separate truck because I think they had 14 boxes for us, uh, which was exciting. It's like Christmas day for the animals every day. So it's, it's a very nice and it helps so much. It's brilliant. It's I, so cool, yeah. I really hope um, to see more sanctuaries adopting that Amazon wish list approach, because I think it's, it's such a great thing to, you know, see directly where your funds are going and having that transparency, because that is something um important to a lot of people when they're giving donations to certain places to see that transparency so yeah it is wonderful and i absolutely love it and we've been uh, seeing it on the social media when some of their packages have arrived and yeah it, it's wonderful yeah yeah i get excited and i agree too because i and 
I think everyone's that way. You don't know where your money is going to. When you send like pig medicine, you know where pig medicine is going to go to. So I, I understand that mindset and we appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. You know, we'll definitely keep an eye on the wish list as well, for sure. You know, it's great to just be able to just buy a bag of goat food or something like that, you know, sure. <laughs> just be like, yeah, I did that. You know, that's, it's yeah. really nice. I mean, from, you know, we've been following you for oh, a long time now. And, you know, we understand you've got some big goals in mind for the sanctuary with the likes of building a lecture room and a cafe on the grounds, which would be amazing. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, what are you envisioning and what are you hoping it will bring to the sanctuary in, in terms of sustainability? Well, we're located in basically, it is dairy land. It is the beef farmers. It's the pig farmers. So we're willing to make this a point of interest so that we can get families here to see the animals and make a connection with the animals. Because uh, I grew up on a, 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 we raised our own animals for, for food, but as a kid, I didn't realize that. I would, um, I, when I'd leave for school, my animals would be there. When I'd come back, one of the animals would be gone and be replaced with another one. So I didn't make the connection until I was an adult. And um, I mean, even knowing that milk came from a cow, I didn't realize the, the atrocities and stuff uh, so we're we're hoping to be able to build something here where families can come and the, you know it's the younger generation that we're going to have to focus on because I kind of at this point I feel like <laughs> this generation that we're in right now is kind of lost, uh, but it's the future generations and uh, if we if we can be a part of that helping to make a connection that that's our goal. And I think and I think the way that we we try to do it most of the time we have our moments, but is in a nice way where we show how loving and connecting these animals are. You know, it's not, it's not all about the, the horrible videos you, you watch that are necessary, but it's also that like, look at the smart cow that knows how to open the door on our truck now. So we can't even take hay anywhere. Look how smart and loving, you know, look how this pig is crying because it's in pain. We, we try to make that emotional connection with people too. Um, as far as the cafe and stuff, we're, we got some good news today, so hopefully it'll it'll be. It, we're not ready to announce yet, but uh, hopefully it'll be coming up quicker than we expected. Uh, maybe a little nice little shop so we can sell our things that we auction, as well as a small cafe. Absolutely brilliant! That's fantastic. So everyone, make sure you follow Broom Animal Sanctuary so you can keep updated of this news. You heard it a little bit first here. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's coming. It's coming quickly. <laughs> I look forward to that. It's great. <laughs> it definitely seems to be a, a reoccurring theme that's been coming up, uh, especially during this season of activists, is that uh, whole idea of trying to get the get the youth on board earlier. Um, because, yeah, uh, well, you're you're a good example of it as well um, for not making the connection, despite being, you know, either living with the animals at home there or. Um, with Jackie having been part of the dairy industry previously you know and he, for me I was a hunter as well and I didn't make that connection there I occasionally would have that little little voice at the back of my head saying this isn't quite right but I still never made that connection and it takes mm -hmm. that that loving um, the loving nature of, of a bond form that can really help and even mm -hmm. for me uh, it, it was two lambs that we helped to rescue in uh, the South Island here that 
started getting me ticking on the animal ethics because I could see just how intelligent the lambs were. We used to walk our little dog with the lambs and the lambs were, uh, I loved our little mini, but the lambs were a lot smarter than she was. So her brain cell would have been lonely, but oh, it, it was fantastic. And yeah, having that that connection can just make a world of difference. The, the other night we had this beautiful sunset. Uh, it was just, it's been a long time since we had one. And I, I walked out of the door and I looked across at the expansion, and there's Bubba and Summertime, two of our cows, standing side by side, looking at the sunset, and they stood there for at least half an hour. I got a picture of them. I didn't, I didn't go over to disturb them, but I posted it. I'm like, here, you know, these two animals are standing here just enjoying. So, yeah, they have emotions. They see. They, they feel it's beautiful. I love that. I love I love Bubba and I love Chance as well. Um, oh, so many like yeah, just just love it, love it. You live too far away. It's probably just as well. You'd be <laughs> sick of us. We'd be there all the time. But <laughs> that would be great. But um, apart from supporting the many residents we see on your social media pages, uh, Broom Animal Sanctuary is now also a certified wildlife habitat and also uh, home to the, the Catskill Nature Reserve. And can you tell us what this means to the sanctuary and more so for yourselves, to not just be a home to those you adopt, but also a home to free animals? Sure, yeah, you know, nature's always been huge for us. Uh, even in Jersey City, you know, we would have skunks that would walk down the sidewalk and we'd make sure they were protected and everything. Uh, when I was staying here by myself while he was running the restaurant, you know, I saw our first bear come down the mountain and I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? There's a bear. And then I'm like, oh, there's a bear. That's cool. Uh, you know, and I keep an eye out this way all the time because they come down every night. You know? um, it's something you, you have to respect. You have to learn to live with, with obviously, with our residents. Uh, everyone after dark has to be in their coop, has to be locked up, you know the fencing keeps everything out, but we're in big bear, coyote, fox, mink. You know, sometimes we don't know, we have to go look them up to see what this big animal is walking across the road. Um, but we appreciate it. I've just sitting right here, literally right here, I've logged 80 bird species at our bird feeders. Uh, I'm a big bird fan um, and a big bird fan. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, and the nature, the bat, I, I love bats. We have so many bats here. We have just every kind of wildlife. And, you know, they were here before we were. We have a mountain here. They live on it. We want to respect them. And we want to keep them skittish as us, of us because, like, like you were a hunter, we're in a big hunting area. So we want to not get them too used to, to humans, but we want to enjoy them and be able to appreciate them. We even, um, when we, I guess, started the garden and stuff, we even had bees brought in just so we could help replenish the bees and stuff. We we don't, you know, we don't do anything with them except just let them exist. Let them be. Yeah, let them be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, you're, you know, it's, it's for anyone else, it's worth following the page for the, for the photography alone. It's, it's just, you know, you guys have just beautiful, beautiful images. And okay. you know we love seeing the bears. Like you've you've certainly given me a a, a better view of, of bears as well. You know before I was kind of you, you raised to think that that bears are these these scary terrible creatures, and it's um, 
like you say, you, you've got to be smarter. You've got to be careful, obviously, you know, but, because oh. they're, um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of one or get too close. But, but you know, your your photographs that you've shared um, of the bears in particular make me realize, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bear. They've got just as much right to be here. Why shouldn't they be here, you know, and, and it's wonderful. And your bats and the, is it the hummingbirds that you've been getting lately? So, so the hummingbirds just arrived last week. I keep logs of when the birds arrive. So the hummingbirds arrived last week and I got a new window uh, suction cup bird feeder where they just come and sit on it so I can just look out the window and the hummingbirds are sitting there drinking now. So yeah, I, I love all of our birds. That is absolutely, oh, it sounds like paradise. Over here, we've got a bird called the Tui, T-U-I. Um, if you ever look them up, Google their bird song. They're just, they're coming in now and they love the sugar water nectar and, you know, they're the oh, nectar no. feeders and they've got the most comical bird song. They just... It is bizarre. Like It really is, but it just makes you smile whenever you hear it. Maybe we'll have to put a clip into this or something so we can share the Tui with the world. But, you know, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful native bird and it's, yeah, they're real characters, aren't they? But, yeah, you're your place sounds absolutely amazing you've got so many animals at the sanctuary and you know, it must be wonderful to see their personalities just flourish when they're given a safe and loving home and we know that every res resident at the sanctuary is is special to you all in their own ways but um i know gareth has got someone he you know he loves in particular but is there anyone that you would like to give a, a special shout out to from the sanctuary that we haven't spoken about my right now um we have a, a a pig that's in palliative care and his name is Romeo and uh he was he was he's wow. 15 high 15 now he was uh, someone's pet on Long Island and the gentleman passed away after them being together for 10 years and uh, he wound up at an animal shelter for a year and they reached out to us one know if we would be able to take him so we we took him and poor little guy was just at Cornell recently he's got bone cancer so He's doing really great. He, he's, he's got a lot of support right now. And uh, that, that'd be the one I'd want to give my shout out to. <laughs> Something special that happened this week. So our wild geese, we have, we have a pair of wild geese that come and hatch their babies here every, every year for the last seven years. And uh, they just hatched on Mother's Day this past week. And we just adopted a um, large goose uh, named Dino. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. So he started stalking these babies a couple of days ago. So I've been out there just mortified that he was going to hurt them. They just brought him in. He sits beside them and watches over them. They're all out in the pond together. It, it's seven baby geese, the parents and him now. So it's, it's, I, I give a shout out for him for being that special to help watch out for them. Cause we do have bald eagles. We have, you know, hawks, everything else on the property as well so uh shout out to him for doing that that's beautiful there's oh, um one thing that we've seen quite a few other sanctuaries do they tend to do a uh naughty of the month or night of the month you know sort of that <laughs> thing is there anybody who's been uh, naughty this week in particular eddie vader <laughs> uh, <laughs> <in> my ear <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a turkey the turkey from hell <laughs> a large large turkey we're actually gonna have to build an enclosure for him because he's he's out of control yeah. 
<laughs> what is it about turkeys? <laughs> a friend of ours has a turkey called Donald, um, named after a certain person because of his red gizzard and how much he loved his own image. Yeah, but, um, literally, he's obsessed with looking at himself in the mirror. Loves yeah, the sound of his own voice. Um, yeah, every time we go, that's where actually one of our lambs ended up um, at her sanctuary. But every time you go into the garden, you've got to take a broom with you just to sort of keep Donald at bay because, um, yeah, he'll have that's you. <laughs> yeah yeah and then but then we have a turkey in the yard that's the sweetest turkey he loves to come get a hug so center miss he's a big angry chicken <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, i do have to give a shout out to joseph because i've always loved um seeing him come up on social media and is he let there with you this will work. <laughs> let me see if this will work oh oh is he oh Oh, hello, so Joseph. Right now. Oh, how wonderful. No. Bless him. If I could kiss him on the snout right now, I would. He, he's... <laughs> hello, Joseph. That is just gorgeous. <laughs> so <laughs> I, your day. While I do my computer work all day, Joseph sits right behind me right there. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, I, I've, I've always just... um. <laughs> He's one of the characters I've loved following and how he gets so uh, stroppy and grumpy and tries to rule the roost as well. Gareth just loves pigs. Joseph wasn't supposed to be here. He was just supposed to be a 12-hour layover. He, and you were in Florida. Mm -hmm. He was in Florida at the time. And I said, yeah, you can bring him over. He can lay over here for 12 hours and then he can continue on the journey. So he wasn't even here five minutes. And I called the end of the journey, the leg down there. I said, Forget it. You're not getting him. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh, but now he's with me all the time. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I actually love that. And there's another um, pig thing that I love that you do, which is uh, your weekend photo shoots yes. with Otis. You know, uh, it's great to see you dressing up on the camera. And uh, yeah, where did this idea that's come brilliant. about? I'll, I'll have to put lots of footage over this because there's just so many, I especially love the astrology one recently. Uh, oh, he's showing him the star map and such. He's a uh, so Otis has laminitis, which um, it it comes and goes, but it it causes his hooves to be very painful. So a lot of times he has to stay just in his room um, rather than venture out a lot, and he gets bored. So I tend to spend a little bit more time with him. And one Saturday he was just laying there, and I just stuck the phone over against the wall and started talking to him and just, you know, kept saying cheese. I went and looked at the pictures and I was like, we did a pretty good job to, to Otis. And the next day I took, um, I took the, uh, the book about senior animals, letting them live out to their natural lifespan. And I just sort of read it to him and I took pictures of that. And uh, I do a lot of Halloween hijinks and other things. So I have a lot of costumes and props and all. And as he was, you know, in his room every weekend, I thought, well, I'll just, I don't know why. We'll just start doing this and see how he reacts. And he just sort of loves it. He, I mean, it's just me with my camera and him. And he just sort of poses and we, we do it. And a lot of people seem to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, a lot of it's just stuff we have around the house that I just take over and say, all right, Otis, let's try this. Oh, I absolutely love it. And um, you can see the devotion, though, in his, his face. So when he's looking up at you in so many of the photos, I'm just like, you know, there's that really special connection there. And he obviously just loves that time with you. And 
Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful to see. I, my, yeah. my face is starting to hurt from smiling at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, sometimes it's even more beautiful than others. I mean, sometimes you've got wigs going on there. You've got hats yeah. going on, you know. <laughs> yeah, that so, pig really knows sad- how to accessorize. <laughs> some Saturdays I'm like, what did I get myself into? What am I going to do today? And then we just take a little photo shoot without any props, and it's okay too. So, yeah. That is so wonderful. It's it's something that's so good for, um, I mean, you know, on a, on a different sort of thought pattern, you know, where um, the world is such a busy, busy place, especially, you know, with, with so much working from home. And, and it's something that we've had to deal with, like, switching off, going to, going to do something that's good for your mental health. And, you know, whether that's going for a walk or anything like that, but, you know, what could be better for your mental health than, than having a photo shoot with a pig and be like, what are we going to dress up as today? You know, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to do. I think it's it's brilliant. And obviously, yeah, it brings up so much happiness as well. So, um, and, and just as a side note on Otis, for about three weeks now, he's going out every night and running around. He's taking nice trips. So his feet are feeling good. You know, they'll act up again in the future, but right now he's he's in great health and having a good time. That's awesome. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. We could literally talk all day and, you know, I could I could sit here and ask for every single one of your 120 animals, <laughs> their stories and photos and everything. But, you know, what we want to do is, is raise more awareness of your wonderful work and the animals at the sanctuary and, you know, get as, as many followers and support for you guys as possible. So where can they go to learn more about Broom Animal Sanctuary? Cool. The, the easiest way to find us on Facebook is you can just go to the website bas.care, bas.care, and it'll take you straight to our Facebook page, which obviously has our website. Our website is at uh, broomanimalsanctuary.com. That's broom with an E, broomanimalsanctuary.com. And uh, like you said before, our about us and everything is on there with uh, the animal profiles and all. Thank you for listening to this interview. We hope you have found it informative and entertaining. To learn more about Greg and Tony's work, check out broomanimalsanctuary.com. Once again, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms for future episodes. And also, if you're enjoying our content, please leave a review on your chosen podcast platform. This has been Vegan FTA, Vegan for the Animals.